Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. I know it's a little bit of a late start here, and I'm flying solo. CJ's handling business. Uh, he's taking care of some CBD things. So anyway, guys, check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app. Note to humanity, where everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips, my friend. Yes. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. And also check out mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com, for all your CBD edible goodness. All the links will be in your description box. I'll be flying solo today, uh, breaking down a couple things, and hopefully uh, going to get a lot of things done. It's been a crazy, crazy week. Uh, it's just been incredible, the amount of stuff I have to do. Um, so let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. Let's share the screen here. Hey, good morning, everybody there. Carbon-Based Life, Kyle Few, Kevin Shepard, Jay Thailand Joy, Ali Muhammad Ali, Soka Chan, everybody that's in Heidi Peterson, Harry, good morning, Tony Japanese. Glad that you're out and you're doing great, buddy. Hope you're doing awesome. Fantastic. Everybody's here. Let me see if I can uh, share some screens here. Beep, 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 beep. Where the hell is that? There it is. Boom. I've been saying for quite some time, hey, you know what? Institutions are buying up crypto. They're going to run up the price. They're going to run up the price. They're going to run up the price. Boom. Here we are. Okay. And the next thing that I was saying is that the, that the institutions and the politicians that the who work for the institutions, they don't want you owning crypto. They want you owning the facsimile. That's why they make it incredibly different. That's when you go on Coinbase and Coinbase is like, oh, we're the... We're trying to make it easy for the crypto world, blah, 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 blah. But they work hand-in-hand with some of the most biggest financial powers because the same company that owns Coinbase happens to also own Kraken and a myriad of other exchanges and wallets and you name it. It's called the DCG Group. Look them up. Digital Currency Group. They're a monster. They are the ones who are in cahoots with Goldman and JPM and whatnot. They're like a revolving door over there as well as Grayscale. Okay, DCG has a big shareholder of Grayscale. Now, one of the things I've always keep saying is these people don't want you to actually own crypto. Like, they don't want you to physically have gold and silver. They'd rather have you buy an ETF. We are very close to an ETF launch for crypto, right? And this is the reason why they, they, they create these laws. And these laws are not there to protect the consumer, they protect the investor. Bull, bull crap. The blockchain by its very nature protects the customer. The blockchain by its very design is a trustless system, meaning you don't need to trust if the system works. It just works. Okay? I think you need more trust 
my friends, if you're current on your electric electrical payments, there's there's no storms outside or whatnot. You can trust that when you flip the switch, the light's going to turn on in your house. You trust that when you turn on the faucet, I mean, you're good on your you know your water bill, and there's no nobody working on a water line in your neighborhood. You trust that that water comes on. It's the same thing with the blockchain, but it takes it a step higher. It is completely trustless. So because of its design, because that it is completely trustless, you don't need to trust it because the damn thing works. It's 100% fuel proof. It is a it is a, a, a honesty and integrity machine, the blockchain. And this is why I said several years ago that the blockchain is the most important invention in human history since the advent of fire. But just like fire can be a, a, a faithful servant or a dangerous adversary, the blockchain is inert. It's, it, it, it's innocuous. It's, 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 it's not capricious. It only does what those that wield its power, it only does their command. So if, you, if somebody uses the blockchain for evil, it's going to be evil. But if somebody uses the blockchain for good, it's going to be good. And the thing with the crypto blockchain, you can't really mess with it. It is what it is. It's a beautiful system. But what governments do is they make it impossible for you to hold crypto, to track it on the blockchain, to do any of that. Case in point, try to buy or, or try to open up a Coinbase account. Try to put an order in for fifty thousand dollars of, of of Bitcoin. Or, or even $10,000 or $12,000 worth of Bitcoin with Coinbase, and you'll be waiting around for weeks. You have to jump through a myriad of paperwork. You'd have to jump through a myriad of regs and, and KYC and AML, and they want to know who, the, who your next-door neighbor is and who's your grandmother twice removed from, your, from the, the, from the uh, janitor down the street. I mean, you name it. They want to know all about you. Why? Because there is a threat. To threat to what? We need to protect you. No, 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 no. When government says that they need to protect you folks, it has nothing to do with your protection, and it's about protecting them. It's about in protecting their system. Okay? So the we all know about this infrastructure bill, and there's a crypto component in there that is trying to fight its well, you know, get get, you know, trying to get squeezed through. And this is the JD uh, and that that bill. By three financial mavens, okay, three financial mavens, which are Elizabeth Warren, Kristen Cinema, and this other guy named Portman. I don't know who Portman is, but anyway, there's a JD Vance who's a uh, who's 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 running as a candidate for U.S. Senate in Ohio. Said this: he issued the following statement opposing the Biden endorsement of Portman Warner Cinema Amendment regulating cryptocurrencies in the infrastructure bill. Uh, the Biden endorsed Portman Warner Cinema an amendment being proposed in the infrastructure bill to regulate cryptocurrencies picks big tech as the winners and Ohioans as losers. Not only will this bill lead to mass surveillance of those in the cryptocurrency community, experts in the field warn that it could amount to a backdoor ban of Bitcoin and other popular cryptocurrencies. Our tech sector used to be defined by innovative upstarts and now is dominated by boring monopolies. They focus less on tech development and more on corporate buzzwords like diversity, equity, equality, inclusion. The crypto community has stood in stark contrast to this shift. 
It is one of the few sectors of our economy where conservatives and other free thinkers can operate without pressure from the social justice mob. The amendment threatens the community, which makes it an, an assault on the idea that our economy should be about making things instead of enforcing progressive dogma. I urge every senator to reject the disastrous amendment and instead support the Wyden, Toomey, and Loomis amendment in its place, which pretty much stops this nonsense. You see, it's, oh, we want to protect the investor. You know, the government's got to step in and regulate. Those are three scary words that as, a, as an American you should be terrified of, and every time you hear you should shudder to your core. Number one, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. That should be the most terrifying word you ever hear. Second is, we need to do this in order to protect the people. Second most terrifying word. It has nothing to do with protecting you. It has everything to do with protecting them and their system. Third most terrifying word. We need to regulate this to make sure that there's no chicanery going on. That's all. That, that just means they need to figure out a way to exploit the system for themselves. These are all doublespeak, folks. These are all Orwellian doublespeaks. It has nothing to do with anybody else. This is a, a cabal that is in Washington, D.C., that we are in direct economic competition with. Folks, I'm going to, make, I'm going to give it to you straight. Okay? Washington, D.C. is a cabal that we are in direct competition with from an economic perspective. We are economically in competition with our government. What do I mean by that, right? You want to make as much more money as possible. Government wants to tax the shit out of you. Okay, those are two <laughs> diametrically opposed ideas. Government doesn't create anything. That's why I always laugh at people that say government will create jobs. Government can't create anything. It is a net loss on economic activity. It is a net negative drain on the economy. It doesn't create anything. Period. Okay, I, you know, I'm of the of the invention that, you know, of course, there should be some sort of safety net there for people. That's, you know, every civilized society needs that. But the government is the most ineffective thing. And their whole purpose is to siphon as much economic, uh, monetary and worth out of you. And this is why as the system breaks down, I told you all about this years ago. When the system starts breaking down, it's going to start taking its security apparatus. It's going to start looking from within because it can no longer dominate without. And it's going to start shaking you down because it's going to squeeze you for the last penny that you're worth. It's going to make it difficult for you to handle cryptos, touch gold, do it, do whatever you want. This is the kind of insanity that we're heading to. And we're heading there not because these are smart people. You think Chris Elizabeth Warren's a dummy? She has no financial education. She's a lawyer. Kristen Cinema, I don't even know. I don't even know who she is or what she does. Aside from the fact she's a bisexual from Arizona, I have no idea what this woman even stands for. Okay? So far leftist. Portman, never even heard of the guy or girl, whoever that is. But these are all, again, law people, the lawyers. They're, they're, they're not people in the economy, they're, they're, they're not somebody with some real economic wherewithal who understands economics and understands markets and understands cryptocurrencies. You think these the, 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 the this old turd named Elizabeth Warren has any understanding of what blockchain even is or how even cryptocurrencies work? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But again, they're doing this because they want the supply. Okay? Now some, watch this move. 
couple weeks ago, China has shut has pretty much shut down a lot of the hash rates for Bitcoin. Some said, "Oh my God, this is terrible. This is a an incre- this is a wow. Why are the Chinese doing this? They're the largest miners for Bitcoin on the planet. Why are they doing this?" Then a lot of other people, the other side of the people, said, "Hey, you know what? Um, that means a lot of the crypto profits are going to be heading. Uh, crypto miners are going to be heading to the United States. You'd be right. You'd be right." But here's the thing. Why did China shut it down? Folks, let me explain something to you. Okay? Bitcoin has been so co-opted. And I dabble in Bitcoin every single day. I'm and, and on, on the institutional side, you know, with Bitcoin. And we all know on the institutional side, look, here's the deal. Okay, there's enough, and I've said this many, many times. Okay, people people, Bitcoin is the Revolt of the population against the central bankers, and I, 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 you know, spit my coffee out of my mouth onto my computer screen and fall off my chair, laughing to death. Folks, Bitcoin was more, most likely created at some level either by a disgruntled intelligence employees, or it was created by someone who picked up the idea of blockchain which was in existence by MIT, by a few other people and cypherpunks who've been dealing with blockchain technology going back to the 80s, and they capitalized it. Now, we can sit here and argue the origin of Bitcoin or, or whatnot. But one thing that we do know is that a lot of Western banks and institutions have been accumulating at a great scale. Okay, They don't have any gold, but they'll cut your throat for some Bitcoin. So here's the way it's splitting. The broken solvent West. Okay, I'm going to bring it home here. The broken solvent Western banking institutions have decided to throw their hat into cryptocurrency. And now you're going to be, and most people who don't follow the gorilla, because I'm the only one in the whole damn world that works in both industries, precious metals and cryptos. I understand both. I understand all the movers and shakers. I have these guys on speed dial. I have dinner with these guys. I have lunch with these guys. I sit down and I talk business with these guys. I do deals with these guys. So I know what's going on in the precious metals world and and the cryptocurrency world. Doesn't mean I can 100% predict prices. Nobody can predict that. It is what it is. But I don't, and that's number one. Number two, I can care less what the day to day price of a particular asset is. I, I care more about the fundamentals. So here are the fundamentals. The broken solvent West that has been drained of gold for the last several decades has thrown its hat into cryptocurrencies, not because it's altruistic and wants to help its populations and its citizenry. No. But because it's real avarice and disdain for its citizenry, because its citizenry is always much more innovative and much more ahead of the curve. Its citizenry has the capability of finding out the next trends and getting to there faster than the bloated bureaucracy that is government. So the citizenry began to dabble in Bitcoin. Government must start to step in. Well, the citizenry starts dabbling in cannabis. Government's got to step in. Why? Not to protect the citizenry, but to exploit its citizenry and to give it in place of the actual net asset to exchange that for a facsimile. So when J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and all these other guys are coming out, and Wells and Citigroup, and all these guys are coming out, they're rolling out their... Uh, you know, crypto products for you to buy. 
bet your bottom dollar. Oh yeah, come on to Goldman Sachs. You know, you here. You you can buy. It's like going to Square. You know, you have the 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 Square app, right, or the Cash app, whatever it is, right. You can buy Bitcoin through Square. You can never get it out of Square though, right? And you can always convert it back to dollars and liquidate it, but you can never get the coin. You'll never get the keyword. You'll never get the private wallet words, right? You never get those seed words. Nothing. But you'll have it on their system. That's where it's headed. Okay, that's where it's headed. And I, and I think this infrastructure bill is not going to stop that from, from occurring. Now watch this now, okay? Look at the stupidity of these people, okay? It's totally hilarious. So crypto amendment fails in Senate after Shelby insists on more military spending. Okay. Now this is funny. This is probably old news. This is probably I don't know if they you know if if, if they got this back in there and whatnot, but, but the point I'm trying to make is this. Okay. The real point. An amendment designed to narrow the scope of who's required to report crypto tax data to the IRS has failed the Senate, despite days of negotiation between the competing amendments from the Republicans and the Democrats. The failed amendment means the original, bro- the original, Jesus, oh, I just lost it. The original language with broad oversight over tax reporting is still in the legislation set to pass the Senate. The amendment was designed to address concerns from the cryptocurrency industry that the original bill would require entities like miners and software developers report tax data on internal to the Internal Revenue Service that they didn't have access to. The change was promo- proposed after days of negotiations between three Republicans, Pat Toomey, Cynthia Loomis, Rob Portman, now that is Rob Portman, and two Democrats, Mark, War- uh, Mark Warner, uh, was, I thought that was Elizabeth Warner, my, my bad, Mark Warner and Kristen Semina, all idiots that don't know jack shit. And they killed it. And they killed it to do what? Because, look, they'll get their little what they want to do with crypto, they'll get it. They will absolutely get it. Okay, because that's where it's heading. It's just trying to find the right legalese to make it palatable for people. Right? And so, they want to give you the facsimile. And they, but here's the other thing. They want more military spending. More A trillion dollars to the military is not enough we got to spend $10 trillion to the military. Folks, why the military? Feeding the military is a wealth extraction scheme. It is designed to siphon money from you. It is designed to, to impoverish you. It is designed to destroy your wealth. That's number one. Number two. You know, creating regulations where the banking sector is controlling every facet of your financial life is also a wealth extraction scheme, right? Because you can never own anything, right? This is what's happening here. So whatever they can do to promote the impoverishment of their citizenry, that's what they're there for. Because why? These politicians are beholden to the corporations and the private interests. Corporations and private interests do not care about anything else, because all they are short-sighted on is their bottom line. 
That's what I care about. Even if it means in the end they're destroying the very market and customers that are needed and required in order to buy their products. Now, folks, we're moving into a very strange place here. The strange place that we're moving to is that the majority of the profits, the cap market caps and valuations, are not even done by actual profits by, by the services and or products that a company sells. The blue chip companies that are on the Dow Jones Industrial, 50% of them, over 50% of them, make no money. Amazon makes no money. Tesla makes no money, right? Apple really doesn't make any money either. They make money, but they are quite profitable. But the fact of the matter remains is that the majority of the capital that they ingest is basically shareholder buybacks, stock buybacks. So we're in a realm where companies that make no money, several thousands of them that are in the U.S. that are in the New York Stock Exchange right now, several thousands of companies that are in the New York Stock Exchange make no money. They haven't drawn any money, but they have sky-high stock valuations. They are, In other words, what I'm trying to say is this. We're in a realm where the most successful companies and businesses are not those that create innovative products and services in order to facilitate and sell to a marketplace, but it's those that can get a white paper in and have all the regulations in so that they can go ahead and create an IPO, an initial public offering, and get their stock into the market. Because if they can get their stock to the market and then pay the regulators and pay the auditors to give them a very sky-high market cap valuation, then they can go ahead and begin the game of, of, of siphoning wealth. In other words, they're earning profits without customers. They're earning profits and revenue without actual real profits. Profits without profits. Uh, what in the world are we living in? This is the reality. And this is why the Western system is on its last legs. So I bring this home. The Western system has completely attached its tentacles into crypto, and now it's starting to squeeze the life out of it. Why? Because it wants to financialize and derivatize cryptos in order to sell to you. That's the unipolar world. The multipolar world has done what? In, in, in the exact opposite. The multipolar world that is not driven by fictitious markets, that are not beholden to derivatives, that are not beholden by, by the nuts, by, by investment banks, that are not, you know, given in as slaves to the fictitious phony baloney economy, the multipolar world, which is driven by physical production, physical economy, you know what they've done? They've thrown their entire weight to gold. Isn't that amazing? And that is why China, China started saying that, hey, you know what? We're mining. Our Chinese miners are mining the most amount of crypto in, in, on, on God's green earth. We just, we just shut it down. And it doesn't matter if several thousand of them leave. And it doesn't matter if they leave and they go to the United States. And they will be mining crypto to sell to financial institutions who will then create all sorts of thousands of different products and dark pools that they will create their phony baloney wealth to, and they'll never give it to the citizen. The, to the citizen will get a facsimile. 
Here's a crypto ETF. And the miners will be regulated to death until the whole entire system implodes and collapses. Does it mean I'm anti-crypto? No, there's a lot of great crypto projects out there. We just need to stop with Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Bitcoin's a lost cause. People always ask me, V, what's your favorite coin? Monero. Institutions are terrified by it. Governments are terrified by it. That's why I love Monero. Monero is cash. Monero is real money. Monero is fungible. Monero is non-trackable. You know, Monero has real utility. My favorite coin. And has some of the best developers in the world on that project. It's amazing. But getting back to what I'm saying, that's what the West wants. And in the multipolar world, based upon, of course, they're throwing their weight on gold. Gold's going to be the real standard for trade. But they're also going to allow cryptos, all kinds of cryptos. And the regulations won't be as harsh as it is in the West. And you will be able to hold your own cryptos in your own wallet without without giving away your right kidney and your left leg. That's the difference. That's the difference. So these guys want to increase the military spending. Okay? I want to show you guys something. If you look at the cover of this, that huge vehicle that you see on the thumbnail of, of this video, that's the Sarmat 2. Okay? Here's the wake-up call. These guys want a, a, a country with no industry, a country with no real production capability that can't really build anything, wants to increase his military budget. You know that's going to be a waste of money. And they want to, while they're doing that, they want to continue to provoke the Russians and the Chinese. Well, the Russians on this last two or three weeks, unveiling the most incredible weapon systems known to mankind that are generations ahead of anything in the West. They've just unveiled their new intercontinental ballistic missile called the Sarmat. Okay, the Sarmat, also known as the Satan II. Okay, the West calls it Satan II. Why? New Russian ICBM to enter combat service in 2022. 208-ton Sarmat can carry 16 warheads and has an operational range of 18,000 kilometers. My God. Russia's poised to begin test flights of the new liquid-fueled super-heavy intercontinental ballistic missile, which, by the way, is larger than anything in our inventory by order of a factor of 10. Okay? Uh, Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu has confirmed the missiles are expected to enter service in 2022. Flight tests will begin this year and should be completed in 2022. The first batch should enter service with the Strategic Missile Forces. The new RS-28 Sarmat is capable of carrying 16 warheads, and the advanced silo-based system features a heavy liquid propellant intercontinental ballistic missile that is set to replace the R-36. The new missiles will be capable of hitting targets using either the North Pole or the South Pole route, effectively bypassing any defense system employed by a potential enemy. Due to its nearly unlimited range, the Sarmat can hit targets in any direction. It also has a very short boost phase, which makes it hard for enemy defense systems to intercept at that stage. Sarmat will be equipped with a wide range of powerful warheads, including hypersonic weapons, 
and the most advanced missile defense penetration systems. Can you imagine that? The damn thing can carry 16 individual warheads out into space and then deploy 16 warheads at hypersonic speeds that will hit 16 different targets anywhere in the world. I mean, my head's spinning. The Sarmat's mass is 208 tons. It has a payload of over 10 tons and a fuel capacity of 178 tons. The length of the missile is about 35.5 meters with a diameter of 3 meters. Its payload comprises multiple independently targetable re-entry vehicles. Currently, Russia's strategic missile forces have seven types of missile systems in operation. Oh, yeah, we have the Minuteman. We have one. And all of them are in disrepair. Today, the R-36 and the R-37M is Russia's most powerful intercontinental ballistic missile. It was designed during the Soviet Union. Uh, the RM-36, okay, the Sarmat can deliver several types of warheads, including the avant-garde. The avant-garde is crazy, folks. It is a hypersonic glide vehicle. It's capable of reaching potential enemy targets at hypersonic speeds and provides great maneuverability in terms of both course and altitude. The avant-garde could hit, folks, at like Mach 12, Mach 15. I mean, it's stupid, stupid, stupid fast. None of Russia's potential adversaries have countermeasures to these systems, not likely, nor likely are they to develop it in the foreseeable future. Of course, we'll never be able to develop it. Why? Because we're too busy inventing new genders. The U.S. is working on a new intercontinental ballistic missile. The Air Force has struck a $13.3 billion deal with Northrop Grumman to develop a fresh ground-based intercontinental ballistic missile to beef up its... It's a joke. It ain't going to get nowhere. So that so there you go, folks. The world's most powerful nuclear power, which is Russia, with the most powerful missile technology, which is two and a half generations ahead of anything we have today, unveiling this monstrosity. I mean, you're talking about one Sarmat will wipe out Texas without any issue. One Sarmat will wipe out Texas without issues, and it's hypersonic, meaning that bad boy launches, it's going to be in Tejas in less than five minutes. Okay? Five, where, you, where can you escape to in five minutes? Game changer. Game changer. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. I want to bring this up. I know a lot of you have seen this, and I want to, I want to touch base on this as well. This is kind of old news, but it's an oldie but a goodie. Hungary is a successful Christian nation. That's why godless liberals slammed Tucker Carlson's meeting with the tyrant Victor Orban. It's interesting. Nothing terrifies U.S. liberals more than an alternative worldview that reveals a disastrous nations pursuing open borders, sexualized classrooms, and fractured families, which is why Budapest is under attack today. Judging by the hysterical commentary spewing from the media industrial complex over the last few days, one would have thought that the Fox News host Tucker Carlson had summoned Adolf Hitler from the grave to an exclusive studio interview. Instead, Car uh, uh, Carlson had the audacity to spend an entire week bouncing around Hungary, a tiny landlocked country in Eastern Europe, admiring the public work achievements of its con controversial Prime Minister, Viktor Orban. Anyone who is familiar with Orban from media reports and law knows that they have a better chance of spotting a purple-winged unicorn than a single-line positive commentary on this man. According to the totally non-biased Vox, for example, Viktor Orban's ruler, who has spent the past 11 years systematically dismantling Hungary's free political system. How so? The inquisitive reader may ask. Well, 
According to the equally balanced Vanity Fair, yet another left-leaning publication of the sort that dominates America's newsstand, the Hungarian leader was sufficiently cold-blooded to support constitutional ban on same-sex marriages and even, emphasis added, passed a new law in June that, among other things, forbids educators from sharing materials, films, and advertising portraying LGBTQ people with students 18 and under. And uh, lest we forget, the horrible Orban even had the nerve to construct a barbed wire fence on the Hungarian border with Serbia in order to protect its countrymen from illegal migrants who may or may not bring them with them disease, terrorism, crime, general chaos. In earlier times, this practice was known as maintaining a secure border to protect against invaders. Today, in these days of liberalism gone mad, denying illegal migrants the right passage into your country is the same racist category as maintaining a robust police department and locking up hoodlums. Tucker and his film crew strolled around Budapest like bewildered children, transfixed by what a functional nation built square on the back of Christian principles might look like had it not been hijacked by fanatics bearing impossible promise of social justice and equity, whatever that means. At that point, one point in moment in the broadcast, with the camera making a broad sweep of the ancient city, Carlson explained what he did not find in Budapest. There are no tent cities of drug addicts living in parks here. There isn't garbage and human waste littering the sidewalks. People don't get beheaded at intersections. BLM is not allowed to torch entire neighborhoods in Budapest. Many people were probably wondering, as they listened to this amazing description of Hungary's capital, if this is what, dic- what a dictatorship looks like, how do we sign up? <laughs> the reality, however, is that Hungary is no dictatorship. Viktor Orban is no tin pot dictator. And according to Carlson, who is speaking from first-hand experience, Hungary is a serious and modern country that cares about its own citizens, all of whom, incidentally, are entitled to universal health care and tuition-free secondary education. So, now, folks, you, that's a touchy t- topic here with America. We need free markets! Look, I'm as capital as they come. Dude, when I hear stories about a, a seven-year-old girl in Alabama selling lemonade to pray for her brain surgeries, and we spent $37 trillion on fucking useless wars, that kind of pisses me off. When I see vets who are just trying to get, you know, trying to get by, folks, there has to be, I, I don't know what it's going to take, but the insurance industry needs to go. They all need to be bankrupt, and that's the biggest thorn in the thing. They all need to go, and I don't think government needs to be in healthcare. But there's so, there's supposed to, there needs to be some sort of, I don't know what the hell that looks like, because I haven't spent my brain power looking at it. But I agree with this one fact. There needs to be some sort of a medical social net, some sort of a medical system in place, okay, that provides medical and health care for people. I'm not talking about somebody who wants to come in for breast augmentation or 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 or, or what or, or or penis enlargement or whatever the hell these you know cosmetic surgery bull crap. I'm not talking about that. Because I've met too many people who've had medical emergencies that have damn near wiped them out financially. Too much. Government needs to get out of health care, and these insurance companies, the cartels of these insurance companies need to go. There needs to be something better. And, and, and God almighty, it's, it's, I don't know how to dismantle it. This whole thing needs to get purged. Anyway. So why, the, why, not the, why stop the, the nonstop vilification of Viktor Orban in Hungary? A country that has never pursued pro- pogroms, attacked its neighbors for Liebenstrom, or committed war crimes against foreigners. 
The reason, once again, is because Hungary puts health and well-being of Hungarians first, which, according to global thinking, is a moral sin. Contracts the, by contrast, the cardboard cutout in chief, Biden, has declared the, the, to the world that the United States is in an age when terrorism and disease are rife, no longer protects its territory. The third world responded predictably enough to that news by storming the U.S.-Mexico border. These idiots are, the, <laughs> I find it hilarious that the Democrats are hyperventilating over January 6th and how they were stormed the Capitol. Meanwhile, the border is being stormed. Such absolutely brainless policy does not help the citizens of the United States, of course, any more than it helps illegal arrivals, who are susceptible to every horror imaginable, including catching COVID at the peak of, of a pandemic, as they make a long and arduous trek to the elusive land of milk and honey. In the course of his visit, Carlson paid a visit to Hungary's border with Serbia. What he found there, or rather did not find, should infuriate any American who truly cares about the direction of the country's heading and understands its limitations of taking care of the third world. Hungary's border exists as the exact opposite of everything the U.S. border with Mexico is, clean, orderly, and practically devoid of people, which is exactly how one would expect a border zone to be. America, a far wealthier nation than Hungary, so why does it opt for chaos over order? It seems to be a fair question, because the narco trade is going through there, that's why. Folks, at the end of the day is this, and I bring this article up, and it's a great article, when you get a chance, to go listen to the, 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 the Carlson and Orbit interview on YouTube when you get a chance. The point I'm making is this. There are options. If you need to get the hell out of the U.S., there are options. Hungary is a great option. Okay, Latvia is looking good as well. They're paying people for entrepreneurs. You want to work from home? You want to come to Latvia? You can do it. You want to set up uh, some crypto trading, stock trading? You want to do whatever the hell you want to do? Maybe start your own little company. Maybe start a cafe or whatnot. Go to Latvia. Hungary is a, is a great place. That's another one, right? There are, I have clients of mine that are uh, scouting around Central and South America right now looking for opportunities, right? Vietnam is looking awesome. Vietnam, that sounds like Vietnam is on fire right now. It is lit with business. And the amount of Westerners that are living in Vietnam right now, opening up some of the best restaurants and cafes, it's, it's incredible. There are options. Folks, I would have given up on humanity if, I, if my worldview was myopically limited to what is in the Western Hemisphere or I'm sorry, within the Western civilization itself. There's options for you. And that's the whole entire point. So you all need to work on those options. There are going to be people that are going to be migrating to, to Russia. I've got clients of mine that are very interested in moving to Sochi, moving into Krasnogard, uh, moving into Moscow, St. Petersburg. Beautiful places. Clean streets. Smells fresh. Really nice. With beautiful people. You walk down there, you're not seeing some, you know, 700-pound, uh, you know, uh, purple-haired beaver bumper with 3,000 piercings. You're not seeing that. There are options out there. Start looking at options. The rest of you start thinking about some sort of an exit strategy to another state and hold out. I don't know what that's going to look like. But you need to start making plans. And you do have time. This thing's not going to come about. It's not going to come apart tomorrow or next week. You, you have time. I'm hoping for three to four years. Knock on wood. We'll see what happens. But keep it locked here. Because all of a sudden you hear a broadcast and I'm saying, broadcasting live from God knows where. And I'm somewhere in the world. Then you know that's your time to leave. <laughs> anyway, folks, I just wanted to run that by. I hope uh, you guys have an awesome day today. Uh, tomorrow we will be in. I, I don't know if Velas is back or not. I'm not exactly sure. Um, 
and then on top of that, we have we have Harley back, so it's going to be uh, interesting. And uh, with that being said, you guys have an awesome day. Be blessed. It's the gorilla, and I'm out.